participant. Okay, no, that's. yesterday from uh, honorable uh, from mr dupree he is not yet ready to brief us he will be ready to brief us uh, on tuesday on the a list for um for the land court bill uh, hopefully we will be able to finalize the bill next week and uh, move to the next bill which is which will be hate crime hate speech bill um, members, are there any apologies? No, Chair. Uh, except that, can you wipe your gadget uh, camera? Uh, you look blurred. It looks like you are in the middle of a mist. Oh, thank you very much, Honorable Mola. Let me try and tell you that. Uh, one minute. When one ANC member is out from under the trees, the other one goes into the mist. <laughs> Honorable Hon, come on. Recording yeah, in progress. Proper. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Honorable Ngola. Uh, Honorable Horn, I'm watching Chair, you. I'm watching you. Chair, can I just come in quickly? Um, Honorable Ngola doesn't even have his camera on. How come he can criticize you when, when he doesn't even have his camera on? <laughs> oh, it was a progressive criticism. Uh, uh, Honorable Honorable Hon, I'm watching you. I've got Honorable Janchu online. Honorable uh, Masako Chale. Uh, good morning, Chair. I think you have to move uh, to the middle of the picture because the thing that makes you to have that uh, blurry gray thing, it's this light. It's like it's the window. I'm not sure what is it. The window, okay. You always, yeah, you always sit towards the middle of the picture. Um, chair, chair, to assist you, don't switch off the video while we are fixing the, the picture so that we can assist, Chair, what Mema Jackie is saying. I hope that is fine. It's fine, Chair. We will give you tips after the meeting uh, of how you can uh, 
locate it without even uh, them seeing you. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you very much. When we were, when we were, when we were being trained, uh, your picture was taken as one of the best ones. So I will take uh, guidance from you, Honorable Change. Uh, members, can we start? Um, let's start with the two protocols. Um, can we fly to the first one, uh, Committee Secretary? Um, report of the Portfolio Committee on Justice and Correctional Services on the International Convention for the Protection of All Persons from Enforced Disappearance tabled in terms of section 231, subsection two of the constitution of 1996 and the explanatory memorandum with the international, uh, I think there is something that needs to be corrected there, uh, of all persons from enforced disappearance dated to September, 2022. Uh, let's start by correcting the that one, uh, I think that's been corrected. Are there any corrections on page one? Yes, Chair. There's the same problem in the first paragraph. Uh, 1996 exemplar memorandum to the international, to the convention. Yes. The same problem. Yes, let's deal with that. Okay. okay. Any further corrections? Um, good morning, everyone. Um, the third, oh, sorry, the first paragraph, um, the third line, <clears throat> abbreviation AICPP, that, and then the bracket is not closed. Yeah, just close the bracket. Thanks. Okay. Um, just before we proceed, um, just one issue that I forgot to mention. Uh, if we are not done by 10.30, Honorable Horn has asked to leave at that time, but hopefully we will be close to finishing at that time, but we will be done with the two conventions or two protocols that need to be passed. Uh, thank you very much. Can we proceed? Anything on page one? Page two. Nothing is there a mover for the adoption of the protocol is corrected. I move, Chair. Honorable Nola moves. Any seconders? Honorable Neil seconds, Chair. Honorable Neil Wotrochen seconds. Uh, any objections? Chair, no objection, but as always, the DA reserves its position until this is served before caucus. Thanks. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, the DA reserves its position. The protocol has been agreed to. Let's move to the next one. A draft report to the Portfolio Committee on Justice and Correctional Services on the International Convention on the Suppression and Punishment of the Crime of Apartheid, adopted by the General Assembly of the United Nations 
on, th on 30 November 1973, tabled in terms of section 231, subsection two of the constitution of 1996 and the explanatory memorandum to the International Convention on the Suppression and Punishment of the Crime of Apartheid adopted by the General Assembly of the United Nations on 30 November 1973, dated 2nd September 2022. Any co corrections on page one? Uh, page one, page one, let's go down. H2. Chair, page two. Honorable Neil Drachen. Honorable Neil Drachen. Page two. Page 2.7. Third line says wells. The S should just be removed as well as, not yes. as well as. Yes. Thank you very much, Honorable Nivotrachan. Uh, any further corrections? Chair. Honorable Basaba Chale. Uh, on, on paragraph seven. Yes. Uh, the last sentence, the chair, I would, I would request that maybe we change the last uh, should not be overlooked, that one, that in the addition, the need for preventative measures, as well as steps to redress the terrible harm caused by this crime should not be overlooked. I thought that maybe if we can say, should be considered. I've written something that they should be considered not overlooked because I'm not sure if maybe I would be right. Just read it again uh, and, uh, and adding your, your, your corrections. We just read it again. The committee is of a view that there is a need to assert unambiguously that the apartheid is indeed a crime against humanity and that practices associated with apartheid racial discrimination and other related intolerance will be punished, will be punished. In addition, the need for uh, preventative measures as well as the as steps to redress the terrible harm caused by this crime, it says here, should not be overlooked. I thought that maybe if we can change this, should not overlooked, uh, it should be, should be taken into consideration or considered, should be something like that. I've written somewhere here how I want it to be, but I would like that to change here. I'm not sure if maybe the committee will agree with me with that one. Uh, change, they should not be overlooked. See that one? Yes. That I propose that it should be uh, where, in addition, the need should read like this. Yeah, should be, yeah, should be considered. In fact, yes, members, what is your view? 
agree, Chair, with the amendment should be considered, Steve Swart, at morning. Thank you very much, Honorable Swart. So let's remove, uh, not overlooked. Thank you very much. Um, any further corrections? Sorry, Chair. Is Honorable Trochen? <clears throat> Sorry, I'm just checking with what should it be replaced? Oh, so, sorry, sorry, sorry. Please. Got it. Thanks, Chair. Thank you very much. Uh, Ms. Silstone? Um, yes, Chair. I just thought that it should be harms rather than harm. Uh, which number? Number seven. So we talk about the terrible harm. I just think the terrible harms might be better because there's more than one harm caused. Okay, yes. Uh, can we correct that at number seven, yes. Thank you. Is there a move for the adoption of the report as corrected? Chair, I move for adoption as corrected. Thank you, Chair. Honorable Masewa, Jello moves. Any seconder? Honorable Ramulo Beng seconds, Chair. Honorable Ramulo Beng seconds. Any objections? Chair, no objection, just a reservation from the DA. And the DA uh, has reservations. Any further uh, objections or reservations? None agreed to. The treaty, uh, the protocol has been agreed to. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much uh, to the department uh, for for the work done. Um, can we now move to the next item? Uh, that is the briefing by the department led by the deputy minister on the drug trafficking uh, bill. Um, Chair, yeah, the, uh, the department is here. I think it's um, Mr. Sevilla Mecha and um, Mr. Robertson. Um, uh, so they will be doing the presentation. I'll, I'll come in at the end if, if, if need be. Um, thanks, Chair. Thank you very much. Uh, Ms. Silkstone, can you lower your hand? Thank you very much. Uh, over to you, sir. Uh, morning, Chair. Uh, Mr. Robertson will uh, uh, take us through the presentation. Thank you. Thank you very much. Mr. Roberts, uh, thank you, thank you, we Mr. Davison, you, and uh, we thought that we were giving you a long leave uh, with the cannabis bill. You are now back again. I know, <laughs> but it's all right. Um, uh, I'll proceed, to Mr. Chair. We have bewitched him to stay with us forever. Yes, I can see. I can see. Yeah, I'd rather separate him to stay with us because this is an unanimous <laughs> <animal> problem. <laughs> okay, yeah. sorry for that. I think the latter uh, is a credit. Uh, uh, proceed, Mr. Robertson. Thank you, Mr. Jeperson. Um, I prepared the slideshow, which is a short summary um, of the bill. Um, going to take the committee through. Um, the slideshow presentation. Um, 
as a start, I must point out that uh, there's three international conventions that regulate uh, narcotics and psychotropic substances um, internationally. That is the Single Convention on Narcotics Drugs, 1961, as amended by the protocol. It's the Convention on Psychotropic Substances of 1971. And... Uh, the 1988 uh, Convention Against Illicit Trafficking in Narcotic Drugs and Psychotropic Substances. Uh, South Africa has acceded to these conventions. Uh, the 1961 Conventions um, place certain substances under international control. The substances is listed in the four schedules to the 1961 Convention. Um, in the 1971 Convention, uh, included new substances, which was not traditionally included under the 1961 Convention uh, in its schedules and placed that under international control. Um, and then the 90 and sorry, 1988 Convention um, complements the 1961 and the 1971 Conventions uh, with certain measures that deals with law enforcement, but also in the tables to the 1998 Convention, there's certain substances included that uh, can be regarded as substances that's frequently used in the manufacturing of uh, narcotics or psychotropic substances. Uh, our obligations in terms of the drug conventions is to the effect that uh, South Africa must limit uh, the production, cultivation, supply, import, export, etc., of the drugs and narcotics to medical and scientific users. Uh, there's obligation on uh, signatories to the conventions, conventions to prevent drug precursors from being used in the manufacturing of drugs. And uh, there's a further obligation on the state party to criminalize under its national laws that gives effect to the drug conventions um, any uh, criminal offense that aims to implement the drug conventions. In terms of Section 231 of the Constitution, um, the conventions is part of South African law um, and the legislation that gives effect thereto are amongst others the Drug and Drug Trafficking Act, the Medicines and the Related Substances Act, Prevention and Treatment of Substance Abuse Act, and um, also some other legislation of a minor nature. Insofar as it relates to the Drug and Drug Trafficking Act, um, the Act criminalizes the manufacturing and supplying of scheduled substances included in Schedule 1 of the Act. And uh, it further criminalizes the use and possession and dealing in scheduled substances that is contained 
in Schedule 2 to the Act. Um, in terms of Section 63 of the Drugs Act, the Cabinet member responsible for the administration of justice, Mariba Natus and the Gazette, amend Schedule 1 and 2 to the Drugs Act. Um, the Minister has affected various amendments in terms of Section 63 to the Drugs Act. And uh, that was done in terms of government notices that was published as far back as 1996. The most recent one being the one that was published in 2014. Uh, in a matter, Jason Smith versus the Minister of Justice and Constitutional Development, uh, the declaration or amendment of the schedules to the Drugs and Drug Trafficking Act in terms of Section 63 was challenged. Um, and uh, the Constitutional Court confirmed uh, the judgment of the Court of Quo that uh, Section 63 of the Drugs Act is unconstitutional and invalid uh, since it purports to delegate plenary legislative powers to the Minister to amend the schedules to the Drugs Act. And it also um, declared the amendments that were affected in terms of Section 63 the schedules of the Drugs Act, invalid. Uh, according to the judgment, plenary um, power is the power that's usually afforded to Parliament to amend or pass or repeal an act. Um, and uh, in terms of the Constitution, the legislature may not assign plenary legislative powers to another body including the powers to amend an act of parliament. So they held that uh, the powers that is afforded to the minister in terms of section 63 of the Drugs, the drugs Act um, is the conferral of plenary legislative powers to the minister. And uh, the minister, by way of the government notices, actually amended an act of parliament. And the court also held that um, the schedules to the Drugs and Drug Trafficking Act is actually part of the Drugs Act. Uh, the court further point out that um, the powers that's afforded to the Minister of Justice undermines the doctrine of separation of powers and uh, the court also point out that the minister cannot amend the schedules to the Drugs Act by notice in the Gazette. Um, the Constitutional Court suspended the order of invalidity uh, for a period of 24 months uh, to give Parliament the opportunity to hear the defects. And uh, the 24 months period will last on 17 December 2022. Um, the bill seeks to amend the Drugs Act to address the constitutional invalidity of Section 63 and also the amendments that the Minister affected in terms of Section 63 to Schedule 1 and Schedule 2 to the Drugs Act. 
um, to address uh, the constitutional issue uh, um, that was already pointed out in respect of section 63, uh, clause one repeal section 63, and the aim is to ensure that any amendment to schedules one and two must be affected in terms uh, of an act of parliament uh, as is contemplated in the constitution. Clause two, substitute schedule one and schedule two to the act to affect the amendments that the minister affected uh, in terms of section 63 to the Drugs Act uh, to the schedules. Um, amendments to uh, the schedules, I'll explain that uh, in more detail. Uh, schedule one to the Drugs Act deals with drug precursors and substances that are uh, frequently used in the manufacturing of drugs. In terms of uh, the bill, part one of schedule two is amended um, to include the following substances. There's N, acetaminophen acid, isoprole, uh, 3,4-methylene-dioxy-phenyl-2-propanone, norephedrine, including its optical isomers, pepronel and safrolin. Um, these amendments were affected by the minister in terms of Section 3 by notice in the Gazette. Uh, the next amendment relates to Part 2 of Schedule 1, and uh, it inserts uh, the substances either chloric acid Methyl ethyl ketone, orthotolidine, potassium permanganate, and uh, sulfuric acid, and toline in item one of part two of schedule one. And um, it also meant item two uh, to part two of schedule one uh, to exclude um, the salts of hydrochloric acid and sulfuric acid. Um, schedule 2 of the Drugs Act uh, deals with drugs that is regulated in terms of the Drug and Drug Trafficking Act. And uh, again, in uh, Part 2 of Schedule 1, uh, Part 1 of Schedule 2, sorry, um, substances are inserted that the minister previously included by way of government notice in part one to schedule two. And uh, the substances are the talbital, caffeine, um, and it also did lead a substance um, that was in the Drug and Drug Trafficking Act as enacted, namely the substance of the lutamina. Uh, it's further, um, Amend item two, two part one of schedule two, to include there to a paragraph uh, that specifies that all homologs of the listed substances uh, are included in the schedules of the act, unlisted, unless, unless they are listed separately in any other part of the schedules. 
uh, part two of schedule two is amended uh, and uh, the substances bitorphanol, dihydroethorpine, atropine, and analogs, remifenatel, and zeprol is included in item one, in part two of schedule two. And again, uh, item two is amended by the insertion there too of a new paragraph that also specify that all homologs of the listed substances uh, in this part of the schedule um, is included a year under, unless they are listed elsewhere in any part of part two of the schedule. Um, part three of schedule two is amended. Uh, and various substances are included therein. Again, this was substances that the minister included in terms of section 63 by way of a government notice uh, in the schedule. And uh, some of the substances that is included here, amongst others, um, synthetic cannabinoids, MDMA, etophilamine, sorry, etophilamine, Etropine, um, GBH, and meta, uh, sorry, methcathinone. Um, it further means uh, part two of the schedule, or rather item two of the schedule, by again including um, a paragraph to the current item two to provide that all homologs of the listed substances are included um, in the schedule unless they are listed separately in any other part of schedule two. Um, I will clarify uh, the inclusion of the substances later if there's a need to that. I think this is more or less what the bill aims to achieve. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. Robertson. Um, does this bill have any effect on the cannabis bill, this, this drug uh, and trafficking bill? And if yes, what is it? Uh, Mr. Chaperson, uh, in the schedules, uh, that uh, rather than minute schedules. Um, mm. The substances cannabis, dronabinol uh, and uh, THC is included um, in the schedules to the Drugs Act. Uh, we have not deleted it. Um, the original bill that was uh, drafted actually did uh, repeal um, cannabis uh, and uh, the related cannabis substances. But uh, my submission is that uh, you cannot do that in the interim. Uh, the cannabis bill will achieve that objectives. Um, and uh, we cannot currently, in terms of the bill, repeal that. If we do that, there will be, uh, that substances will basically be unregulated until the cannabis bill is passed. 
So it's my submission. We cannot delete it uh, in the bill or in the schedules to the Drug and Drug Trafficking Act. Um, it will not really influence the cannabis bill since the cannabis bill actually do repeal the substances that um, is included in uh, Schedule 2 uh, to the Drugs Act as substituted in terms of this bill. Thank you. Thank you very much, Honorable Swart. No, thank you, Chair. Thank you, Mr. Roberts. Um, so I'm just trying to understand correctly. Section 63 was declared unconstitutional because it purports to delegate the legislative power to amend the schedules to the minister. And the minister did that in government notices. And what you're doing now is you are taking it back to the Act and putting it into the schedules in the Act. Um, in, in so doing, that is how you seek to remedy the unconstitutional aspect to that. Um, I, I think that's, uh, if you can help me understand that. Firstly, secondly, I was going to raise the issue of Schedule 5 to the Cannabis Bill, which the chairperson has now raised. You have to a degree explain that. And my understanding then would be um, that, that that amendment should the cannabis bill go through, that um, schedule is then amended in legislation and not by government notice. So that would be acceptable to remove the definition of cannabis in terms of the draft cannabis bill. And then, of course, I'm sure the Deputy Minister would like to comment on the delay. This issue, these issues come up continually. Um, one of my concerns is that counsel for the Minister in paragraph 94 of the judgment, one presumes, conceded, that a period of 24 months will be adequate for this process um, of amendment. And now we're sitting at the end of this period of beginning of September to December to, canvas, to cover what seems a quite a straightforward bill. Again, we would need an explanation for the delays because this now places inordinate pressure on us and, of course, the NCOP and then the president to sign in the law by the 17th of December. My question is, if it is not done by then, there's no reading clause, what is the impact if the legislation, and now given the fact that the order is against Parliament, but if the legislation is not amended by the 17th of December, I understand the order is prospective, not retrospective, but clearly there will be a very significant impact should the legislative process not be completed. Thank you. Thank you very much, Honorable Swart. Honorable Nola. Thank you very much, Chair. Uh, I think uh, you have covered me as it relates to the cannabis bill issue. Uh, Mr. Horn is um, putting a finger of emphasis on uh, what we have said uh, last time when uh, we're discussing this uh, bill with deadline, national court deadlines. Uh, I think what he's saying is, is actually accurate and in line with our view in the in the in, the, in that particular meeting. The last issue, Chair, that I would like to ask as a question is in relation to, to paragraph 
of this presentation uh, as it relates to the substances and all that and all that you know those substances that uh, are more scientifically deep and uh, such that not anyone can understand what needs to be there and what needs not to be there in the prohibited uh, drug use so i want to check with the department if they did uh, solicit an expert scientific opinion as it relates to those substances that which uh, are supposed to be inserted in the amendment uh, bill. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, Honorable Mollock. Any further questions or input? Um, over to you, Honorable Deputy Minister, your team. Uh, thanks. Thanks, Chair. Um, yeah, look, as, as Mr. Swart has said, um, this, this bill is about, well, the, the, the issue and the reason for the bill is that Section 63, where the minister could uh, simply add to the bill, uh, is, was found to be unconstitutional, that Parliament can't delegate its, its powers. It's a 92 bill, so it was pre-constitutional. Um, and what this bill then effectively does is just take out Section 63 and then go and put in all the uh, um, drugs that the different ministers going back to, I think, I think he'd said the first one was 97, had put on. So it's simply status quo. Um, it's nothing new. Uh, obviously, because you are now adding all these these um, drugs, um, I suppose you need to know what you're adding. Um, I assume, and Mr. Robertson can give more detail, that when the minister did attempt to add drugs to the schedule, um, that this was on the basis of recommendations from the Department of Health, but he can... You can maybe indicate what process was was followed uh, then, but because you are now amending it uh, theoretically, you should know what these these drugs are. Um, uh, yeah. Um, as far as the question of the lateness, uh, the department, the officials, uh, Mr. Sevelemecha and Mr. Robertson, must respond on that. As I'd said to the committee on Tuesday, this bill I think was due. Uh, into Parliament in um, in February or, or March, um, which even then is quite a long time because it's effectively the same act that we've got now, uh, just with Section 63 removed. Um, but I, that was just by, by clarity. It, it should then be an easier process. Uh, thanks, Jeff. I can then give to Mr. Sebelamecho and or to Mr. Robertson or both. No, it's just before you leave... Uh... Um, we said that uh, you should, uh, the, the ministry or the department should consider asking for an extension. Is there any progress on that? No, I mean, is, that, is it really going to be difficult to pass this bill in, um, in three months, given it's non-controversial? I mean, otherwise, I guess we could approach the court for an extension, uh, but is it not possible? I think it's 
Yes, Mr. Swart, Honorable Swart. Yeah, I actually object to the Deputy Minister's nonchalant approach, given the fact that this order was given in the High Court in 2015 and in December 2020, to just say three months. We've got no idea what all these drugs are. I would also like to know, the last Government Gazette on the, was on the 28th of March 2014. The Health Department might want to add new drugs to this. So I do think that we should object. And Deputy Minister, I know you well, and I know you don't intend it badly, but it just, you yourself have said this should have come to us in February. Now we're sitting with a number of bills that have got pressing constitutional court deadlines. And I don't appreciate the fact that just say, it's fine, we must just pass it. It's got to go through various processes. And you as a member of this committee should know that, that it takes time to go through our process to go through the NCOP and then allow the president to sign it by the 17th of December. My question about the impact if it is not signed by them, that is key. And yes, it's, it's maybe not a controversial bill, but you correctly said we as legislators need to understand what are the drugs here? What drugs are we dealing with? So there are various implications that we also need to understand. Thank you. Thank you very much. I think the points that uh, Honorable Horn is raising, I think he correctly articulates our, our fears as, uh, as, uh, as the committee. Uh, you have also uh, constituency breaks in between. Um, the NCOP is not waiting, is not sitting and waiting. It has got also a lot of its own responsibilities and other bills before it. So I generally do not think that three months can be taken, that uh, if any, any bill, any bill that uh, you, know, you have three months, both houses, including the president, should, should accent to, to the bill within three months. I don't think that is fair at all. I don't think it's fair. Uh, Chair, can I come back up? Yes. Yeah. No, if the committee wants us to to apply for an extension, because my understanding is that on the 17th, um, that those schedules um, no longer are, are legal um, if the bill is not passed. If the um, portfolio committee wants us to uh, approach the constitutional court for an extension, uh, then we will have to do that. I was just hoping from a expense point of view that that could be avoided. Uh, Mr. Swart, I'm not being nonchalant. Um, uh, it's, I think, the difficulty of, of executive authority versus um, accounting officer in the department and that we cannot, uh, or it's, it's more difficult to, the, the, the officials don't answer directly uh, to us, but I'm extremely annoyed about this bill and that it is late to Parliament. And it's against the undertakings that I was given uh, by the, the officials. Um, uh, and as I said, I myself had to intervene to get this put on the Cabinet Committee agenda um, because it just wasn't going. Uh, so um, I'm sorry, Mr. Swart, if I came across as nonchalant, uh, maybe it's just covering up um, annoyance on, on, the, on the issue, but if the committee feels that, that the department should apply, then we will have to do that. 
And then as far as the issue of Mr. Swart's issue of, look, this is keeping the bill as it was, as it well, the act as it is. Um, I think if, if Department of Health wanted other drugs, uh, they would have had the opportunity to, to do so. Um, uh, so we should just proceed with, with what is here, um, particularly given the time. They haven't indicated they want anything else, as, as far as I'm aware. The other aspect in terms of the gap between, um, just because Mr. Swart raised it, between the High Court decision and the um, Constitutional Court confirmation. Uh, Mr. Swart, you will know that once before we tried to bring a bill before the Declaration of Invalidity was um, confirmed by the Constitutional Court, uh, so we were more than on time. Unfortunately, the Constitutional Court in that case, I seem to think it was the one around, um, uh, was it the one around um, uh, children, underage children having sex? Um, it was either that one or the, the, the Media 24 case. Uh, the Constitutional Court, unfortunately, didn't just confirm the High Court, they added more issues. So we actually had to withdraw the bill and reintroduce it with those, those sections. So because of that, we wait for the confirmation order to come. But in this case, I do not understand why, as this bill is simply the, the existing act, why it could not have been done very urgently. Uh, thanks, Chair. I think, uh, Honorable Deputy Minister, the issue that I think we will take issue with uh, as far as the executive authority is concerned, is that it's not for the first time we are raising this matter. Um, we have raised this issue of late coming of constitutional court bills since the beginning of the term, and we are moving towards the end of the term. Uh, if the accounting officer does not implement what you uh, want him or her to, to implement or to do the uh, or to make the officials responsible to be accountable what have you done to ensure that parliament's uh, fears are addressed because from the time we started we have been on the back foot Firstly, from the bills of the last parliament, and we made an, an, an undertaking as parliament, as this portfolio committee, that we shall ensure that bills that are arising out of the sixth parliament, all of them will meet the constitutional court deadlines. And we have not been able to, and because of the late coming of the bills, the issue that when you come back, uh, even for the PRRR, we will have to ask you, what actions have you taken? If you know that the officials are not doing what they are supposed to be doing and you have an accounting officer, I think an action should have been taken because this is straining the relationship between the two arms of government, that is parliament and the courts and the judiciary. Uh, Chair, we, we discussed this on, on Tuesday. Um, the, when I've raised why is this taking so long, I was given a response of problems with the capacity of the legislative development section. 
Um, that issue I've then taken up with the, uh, the Director General about what is being done to fix that capacity. As Ms. Pillay, who's the head of that section, uh, Legislative Development, had raised on Tuesday, uh, there have been issues of COVID, uh, Ms. Teresa um, uh, dying of, of, of COVID or passing away due to COVID. Mr. Robertson, who's here having COVID very bad, Badly. Uh, and then it's also been issues of um, uh, experienced staff members retiring. Uh, so I thought we'd covered that on, on Tuesday, and I thought you wanted a sort of further report on that. But from my side, um, when I've raised it, I mean, I have had various meetings with legislative development uh, to check on the, on the program. Um, dates have not been met. Um, then when I've raised it, the issue has been lack of capacity and that I've taken up with the Director General. Okay. There was a question which I thought might, uh, I think it was uh, uh, an important question from Honorable Ngola, um, that we need to understand what we are passing. I think one of the fears that uh, Honorable Ngola is trying to articulate that we might have through the public comments, other organizations wanting to add certain drugs. Um, uh, maybe there might be a plethora of them. And uh, the issue would be on what basis would we say we don't add them or we add them? As you know, um the bill cannot be added to unless it is by uh, uh, the approval of, of the House. So I would say rather than, um, than preempt things, um, that, that it's put out for public comment. I'm, I'm not sure if it's been put out already, uh, seeing the bill was introduced on, on Tuesday and we had asked that it be submitted or put out for public comment as soon as possible. Um, but uh, I, would, I would say we wait and see whether there are any submissions. We can't preempt what the public are going to say. And if there are submissions for further drugs, uh, then um, the department would need to respond to that. And we have had, I mean, in terms of the amendments to as far as, I weigh the, as, as far as I know, the way this process has worked is the Department of Health approaches um, the Minister of, of Justice to, to get the schedule uh, amended. And we haven't had further amendments requested from the Department of, of Health. Okay, thank you very much. Honorable Nibot, Trochan. Um, thank you, Chairperson. Um, I have two concerns, uh, but the Deputy Minister has just covered one of the concerns uh, about why the bill was not moving. And then in terms of the, if the Department of Justice in consultation with the Department of Health, um, those were my two concerns, but the Deputy Minister has just covered that. Um, however, 
um, the deputy minister has said that if we don't pass the bill, the schedules will become will not be legal. So I am very concerned about that because we have a severe um, problem with drugs in um, in South Africa. So um, you know it is it is a big concern if we do not pass this bill in time. And what do we do if this bill is not passed in time? Thank you, Claire. Thank you very much, Honourable uh, um, New Board. Can the Secretariat, sorry, Chair, can the Secretariat allow pinning, please? I think, uh, I think the Deputy Minister has already answered, and I think part of what you are asking, I think it will be covered to uh, the Department asking for an extension so that we are able to cover any eventuality if there can be an unexplained process, delay in the process so that we are we are also covered. Um, we might not be anticipating it now, um, but we don't know what will happen. Uh, we don't know what the public comments will, uh, will give us, um, but uh, we will do whatever we can to ensure that uh, we process the bill as soon as we can. Honorable Tia. Uh, yeah, Chair, just um, on that point, sorry, I, I, it's not correct that the, the entire schedules will go. It will be the additions that the Minister of Justice made to those schedules since the Act was, was passed in, um, uh, what was it, 92. Uh, so it would only be those ones, but that is bad enough. We can't afford to have a situation where those uh, drugs that have been added are not down on the restricted list. Uh, so basically, if the committee is saying it, it's concerned that it won't be able to pass the bill uh, before the um, uh, the deadline, um, which I think the last sitting of Parliament's like towards the end of November, both houses, uh, then um, we would have to we would have to approach the constitutional court. I would though still request that the committee. Uh, proceed with haste on the issue, and I hope that the bill will be published for comment over the weekend, um, because there's no basis for that not to be happening. We had indicated from last week that the bill had been approved by Cabinet and was about to be introduced. Thanks, Chair. Thank you very much, Honourable Swartz. Uh, Chair, I, I appreciate the Deputy Minister's explanation and the fact that he intervened to ensure that the bill was before us. I, I do, I'm also a bit concerned that even an application for an extension might not necessarily be successful. So given the fact that he has given us an explanation and the department probably is also going to try and explain it, but we are going to have to expedite this as much as possible from our side. You can't run the risk that you can imagine um, possession of these very serious drugs from the 17th of December. All those drugs that have been noted on the schedules from 1996 will then no longer be unlawful to be possessed, or, as I understand it, or traded with. And I think the implications are vast. And I think we need to do everything in our power um, as, as Honorable Neva Drukhan pointed out, to pass this as quickly as possible um, and then to get it through to the NCLP. Um, I, 
I, I can't say more than that, just to emphasize the point to, to push it as quickly as possible. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much. The bill will appear on the newspapers this weekend. Um, there's also a procurement process to be followed in Parliament. Um, uh, so we had to follow that particular process of procuring uh, the, the national newspapers. That is why there was a delay. Um, we will uh, advertise. Um, uh, I'm told that the, the maximum will be three weeks. So, which means uh, from 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 this weekend, it will be the it will be on the newspapers, and we will give the public three weeks uh, to comment. Then thereafter, we will start with the normal processes uh, of public hearings, if there is, or if there are comments. If there are no comments, then we will move to the second phase uh, as to commit. But I think it would be important also to that the NCOP be alerted to this quadrant so that uh, they are, well, once we pass it as a national assembly, then they will be on the other side, be ready to process the bill as soon as possible. And the president is also uh, alerted to, to, to the challenge. Um, we, we must try, we must try to, to meet the deadline but uh, I do think that uh, on, a, on a weekly basis, even if it's just a, a phone call to Peter Minister, we would like to be updated as to how the court process is proceeding. Thank you very much, Honorable Swartz. Your hands was up. No, Chair, I'm, I'm covered because I was going to one, just question the rationale for three weeks, but I presume that Edward's already answered. So that's, that's fine. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. So in less than three weeks, uh, won't we have challenges if we are giving people too short a notice? I, I don't think so because it's a, it's not a controversial bill. Uh, but I, I would presume those adverts have already been placed for the weekend. So I think it's it's academic. Um, I think we should then just leave it. Um, but given the urgency, maybe two weeks would have sufficed. But um, I think. The Edward's probably been placed already. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Um, I just wanted to add that we have done a bill in, we have advertised for less than three weeks in the past, given the urgency of the matter. Um, and maybe Bonani can advise as to um, the advert. advert. You're saying we have done the bill in two weeks, we said in two weeks or three weeks? No, 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 we've done, we have, we have advertised for less than three weeks in the past. In fact, I think the one time we advertised for one week, um, given the urgency of the matter. So in certain situations where it's very urgent, we can, we can reduce the, um, the time. We have done it in the past, should we say. Okay. Not in this okay. parliament, but in previous parliaments. Um, okay. And there were no challenges. No challenges at all. Okay. Mr. Romano? Uh, good morning, Chair. I, I fully agree with Christine. Uh, we were going to propose that we we would be for two weeks. And uh, like she indicated, we've done it in the past. Okay. Members, are we here with two weeks? 
Agreed, sir. Agreed. Any, any person against the two weeks? None. Agreed, two. Uh, are there any outstanding questions uh, or replies to the questions? Uh, Mr. Chairperson, uh, sorry, it's, uh, I probably need to respond to some of the instances. I must point out that um, in terms of clause three of the bill, uh, the bill, there's no implementation clause. So if the bill is uh, adopted by Parliament, it will immediately come into effect. So the president don't need to put it in operation by proclamation in the Gazette. Okay. Uh, secondly, uh, the deputy minister did indicate that uh, there is problems if you don't meet the deadline. Uh, one must also take into account that uh, the substances uh, that uh, the bill uh, aims to insert in the schedules it's also part of the Medicines Act, mostly Schedule 7. So for the prosecution of such offences, one can probably argue that, yes, it can be done in terms of the Medicines Act. Uh, the Medicines Act uh, contains prohibitions um, against the distribution of certain chemicals and uh, all the chemicals that's in Schedule 2 um, will be covered by criminalization in terms of the Medicines Act. But again, the Medicines Act, the schedules there too, is also amended uh, by way of uh, uh, amendments to the schedules by the minister. So one can probably foresee that a similar constitutional challenge may be raised against the Medicines Act in this regard. Um, the deputy minister did explain, uh, okay, but sorry, let's come back to uh, the problems. The problems is, uh, will relate mainly to uh, the effect that since the judgment date, uh, the schedules has been declared invalid. So prosecutions that has been instituted, etc., from the date of the judgment uh, probably need to be stopped. And... Uh, that has got certain problems for law enforcement. Um, the Deputy Minister did explain to Mr. Swart uh, that um, the repeal of Section 63 of the Act will have the effect that uh, any amendment to the schedules of the Act must now be done in terms of primary legislation. So every time the schedules needs to be amended, amendment bill must be introduced and it must be taken through parliament and adopted in accordance with the constitution. Um, the, uh, sorry, uh, I'll explain the criteria uh, later on regarding what was considered to include uh, the substances in the schedule. I know the department is quite late with this bill. I think it was submitted to the state law advisors around about May, April, May, uh, beginning of this year for preliminary certification. I must remember that the steps uh, that must be followed to get the bill introduced in parliament, among others, 
require a say has to be compiled. This takes some time. Uh, we did get exemption in the end for the bill in order to expedite it. Then uh, the next structure that considers the bill is, the, is DEFCOM. That was done uh, quite soon. Uh, and uh, there was a delay to place the bill before the JCPS DGs due to the fact that uh, the meeting uh, in which it was supposed to be considered it was actually cancelled. So that delayed the implementation of the bill by a whole month. Uh, further on, regarding the delay from our side, one must take into account that the Drug and Drug Trafficking Act uh, has been enacted in 1992. It's quite a long time ago. Uh, and uh, there were various amendments to the Drug and Drug Trafficking Act. The department has compiled uh, a new bill to regulate drugs and drug traffic in South Africa. Um, that was finalized in draft, uh, but we had substantial problems with the schedules to the drug to that bill. Uh, due to the fact that uh, expertise that uh, could verify the correct scheduling of the substances uh, is actually lacking. We did get assistance from the South African Police Service, but in the end, it took uh, too long. We couldn't uh, get everything in order to promote a comprehensive bill. And then we decided uh, for the quick fix uh, in terms of the current bill before uh, Parliament. Uh, I must point out that uh, in terms of the Drug and Drug Trafficking Act, there's various uh, presumptions that is still in the statute book. And that's contained in um, sections, I think from 20 to 22, roundabout. Uh, presumptions relating to uh, dealing in the, in the drug, if a person is within 100 meters from um, a school, and also a person is deemed to be to, deemed to deal in drugs, um, if he's in possession of uh, some of the scheduled substances, is also um, a deemed knowledge provision regarding. Um, uh, the owner of a place where drugs is found. The other bill addresses that, but uh, it couldn't be addressed here. There's also uh, a judgment that declared certain of the powers of the police officials in terms of Section 11 of the Drug and Drug Trafficking Act, unconstitutional. Uh, the, bill, the other bill aimed to address that, but be that as it may, we just couldn't finalize a comprehensive bill in time to deal with this. Uh, regarding uh, the insertion of new drugs in the schedules, uh, there is various amendments that need to be affected uh, to the current schedules of the Drug and Drug Trafficking Act, um, which is not currently included in the bill. Um, I believe that uh, Somebody has been tasked 
with uh, the drafting of uh, a bill that will amend the current schedules to include all the other substances that is in the conventions and that has not been taken up um, in the schedules to the Drugs Act as proposed in terms of this bill. So yes, there is amendments that needs to be affected, but uh, my submission is that can be done at a later stage. Uh, okay, let me explain uh, the, the substances that um, has been inserted in the schedules. Um, regarding part one of schedule one, that deals with schedule substances or drug precursors or chemicals that can be used or chemicals that's frequently used in the manufacturing of drugs. Uh, if one look at the 1988 convention, Article 12.4 of that convention uh, provide criteria that must be taken into account to insert a substance uh, in one's national law or also for purposes of inserting it um, in the tables to the 1998 Convention. And uh, the criteria are, amongst others, the extent, importance, and diversity of the illicit use of drug precursors, the possibility and ease of using alternative substances um, for illicit manufacturing of drugs, uh, must be considered whether the substance is frequently used in the manufacturing of drugs, and uh, whether the volume and extent of illicit manufacturing of narcotic drugs or psychotropic substances create serious public health or social problems, so as to warrant international action. Um, I did point out previously that uh, South Africa acceded to the drug conventions, and uh, the drug conventions therefore becomes part of our domestic law. And uh, there has been judgment, I think uh, the case is one of that uh, judgment, which uh, do spell out uh, the obligations of South Africa to give effect to its international uh, obligations in terms of the convention. Um, so in respect of Schedule 1, the current scheduling of the substances in terms of the 1988 convention were considered and were mainly used um, as a reference or basis for the inclusion of the substances in that schedule. Um, regarding acetylonic acid, um, that substance is currently included in Table 1 of the 1988 convention. Um, and uh, that substance is frequently used in illicit manufacturing of medical loan uh, in South Africa. Uh, it's manufactured through a process where one reacts antrolytic acid with aotrolide uh, uh, together with phosphor, and uh, we can then produce medical loan. Issues of frole is included in Table 1 of the 1988 Convention. 
And uh, I'm not sure whether members would want to have that detailed explanation now, or we might want to uh, deal with it when we are processing the bill, maybe when the department is replying to concrete uh, public comments. Uh, I'm not sure whether members would want to have uh, each and every detail now or later. Honorable Sort? I, I agree with you. Maybe we can ask Mr. Roberts uh, to prepare us a document just explaining mm. the different drugs so that we've got something in writing. And that would probably be helpful to us um, mm. just because there is reference to the um, international conventions, etc. Just mm. a, a brief document on the justification for the inclusion of the various uh, medication. Thank you. The various drugs. Thank you, Chair. Yeah, I think that would be much better. Uh, the, uh, uh, members, is there any objection to that? No, Chair. None agreed to. Uh, Mr. Roberts, can you do us a document, uh, a brief document that will explain that part, uh, the process as we have been explaining it? Um, can we move to the next uh, question or reply? Chairperson, I think I um, did cover most of it. Uh, and yeah, okay, I did explain um, how, what the Act aims to achieve. Um, uh, it is, uh, I, did ex I think I did cover all the questions. If I miss something, can you just remind me, please? Honorable Swartz. No, thank you, Chair. I just wanted Mr. Robertson to explain the, the implications. Um, you, you said since the judgment date, schedules have been invalid and prosecutions need to be stopped. Um, can you just unpack that a little bit? Because I need to understand what is meant by that. And has there been an engagement with the SAPs and the NPA in this regard? Uh, because then my understanding is incorrect that this only falls um, becomes uh, irrelevant on the cutoff date, 17th of December, but from what you, is it? Um, no, but my understanding was the, the declaration of invalidity was suspended until the 17th of December. Maybe you can just clarify that point to me. Um, yeah. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. Chairperson. Um, when the court declared, uh, okay, first, uh, Court declared section 63 invalid. Next thing is the court declared um, the amendments invalid from uh, the date of the judgment. Uh, then in terms of its powers, suspend the order of invalidity for a period of 24 months. Um, so the current amendments to the schedule will be valid till 17 December 2022 in terms of the constitutional court judgment. Uh, I know there is uh, uh, the rule that uh, if a law um, is uh, valid at a certain period of time, and uh, 
especially in criminal proceedings, and uh, you aim to prosecute a person, uh, and there's a criminalization provision, you can proceed with it uh, and prosecute a person, even if uh, the validity uh, of that criminalizing provision will expire. But uh, one must uh, also take into account uh, uh, other concerns, amongst others, uh, if the inserted substances um, is not amended by 7th December, um, that suspended order of invalidity is no more. So it will become problematic, uh, in my view, to continue to prosecute a person for such offenses uh, if um, it's no longer in the statute book. It's just a concern that I have from my side. Um, regarding engagement with the police and the National Prosecuting Authority, uh, there's no in-depth uh, consultation or engagement with them on this issue. I think they're well aware of uh, the implications if the bill is not passed timelessly. But uh, at least they have to send in the Senate at least to enforce the current provisions in terms of the bill. It will become problematic thereafter if uh, the substance is, is deemed not to be under uh, schedules to the Drugs Drug Trafficking Act anymore. Um, but uh, if we see that uh, there's going to be a substantial delay and we need to apply for extension, we will obviously also um, request them to um, assist or support or make uh, inputs regarding any application uh, for extension. Um, it's my submission, and you will also see if one look at the document that I will prepare to the committee, um, all the substances, except for one, is currently in the schedules to the Drug and Drug Trafficking Act, is substances that has been included um, in the schedules to the drugs, drug conventions. Um, yes, thank you. Um, Chair, thank may you. I come in just before the DM does, just to ask, maybe you can help me understand this, Chair, if I may. Please proceed. Um, uh, um, DM and, and Mr. Robertson, do you understand it correctly that, and hopefully we will pass this bill, or hopefully an extension will be granted, but if not, the period of invalidity that has been suspended as per the court order, then kicks back to two years ago, to 2020, when the order was given of invalidity, that obviously all the prosecutions then for the last two years would be in jeopardy, if I understand it correctly, from the date of the judgment and the court order, because that court order is suspended for 24 months. But if, if we don't pass it, then it kicks back to that date, if I understand it correctly. Thank you. Thank you very much, Honorable Swart, Honorable Deputy Minister. Uh, Chair, yeah, my, my understanding, and I think uh, Mr. Robertson did did clarify it that the problem will only come in if the law is not passed and in effect by the 17th of, of December. 
the declaration of invalidity is there. So any prosecutions can continue under the Act. Um, the problem would be if it's not passed. And uh, just to re-emphasize the point to the, the officials, um, the committee has asked um, for um, an, an application for an extension. So we will have to start that process immediately, uh, not wait to see how things go. Uh, thanks, Chair. Thank you very much, Deputy Minister. I think that would assist. Um, but I do think that there is there is a need for a serious conversation between Parliament and the Executive. Um, for instance, uh, Mr. Roberts says that uh, at some point, uh, DEFCOM did not sit. The meeting was postponed. And notwithstanding that we, are, we were faced with this particular challenge, I think um, we should uh, have that particular conversation uh, that um, both the executive and 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 the legislature um, we have to um, agree amongst ourselves as to how do we really prioritize the issues uh, affecting uh, uh, constitutional court deadlines because we can see with this bill that the implications are huge, really huge. Uh, so now it, it can't be acceptable that uh, within the value chain, there would be people who would not uh, uh, see the magnanimity of this particular problem and treat these things as any other legislation because the duty of, of all of us is to manage risks on behalf of the state. That is the duty of all of us. Whether you're an official or you're a politician, that is our duty, that we have to manage risks on behalf of the state. So if those risks materialize under our watch, then there's a serious problem, a serious one. So uh, we will appreciate Deputy Minister if uh, that can be followed up. An extension is 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 uh, is applied for, and but on our side, since we have agreed on two weeks, which means we will try and push the bill that uh, by the end of this month, um, um, uh, we are we should have passed it uh, through the National Assembly, and then the NCOP would uh, have to follow its own processes and prioritize it. But if I think we can pass it uh, before we adjourn, I think it will give the NCOP a breathing space. Uh, and bearing in mind that Mr. Roberts has also said that it does not need an accent by the president, uh, accent by the president. So which means once the NCOP has passed it, then it will come to effect. But we should not put ourselves and the country potentially under this under these conditions is unacceptable. Honorable DM? Yeah, Chair, just to clarify, Mr. Sebele Mecha didn't say it doesn't need to be assented. What he was saying is usually there's a two-stage process. Mm. Uh, um, that is the president assents, and then at the second stage is the implementation. What he was yeah. saying is that this doesn't need an implementation uh, provision by the president, implementation action. The president will still need to assent to it. Thanks, Chair, just to clarify that. Okay. So um, that would, that would uh, 
I mean, that process also would need to be managed because if the if both houses meet the deadline and uh, the president does not assent to it, then that will be another challenge. So we would need to manage all of the stages uh, as we try to meet the deadline. Thank you very much, uh, members. Um, I think the last issue that I think we'll need quickly to deal with, uh, on Thursday next week, we'll be dealing or we'll be debating the traditional courts bill. It's the bill that passed through the National Assembly, uh, through the National Council of Provinces, and there were minor changes from the NCOP, and they are back with us, and as the committee, we have approved those changes. So would we need to debate do we need a full debate or do our parties will behave with declarations? Honorable Swart. Happy with declarations, Chair. Thank you. Declarations. Uh, any contrary view? Honorable Deputy Minister, are you having a, a, a different view? Uh, Chair, I would like to have been able to, to respond because I think there will be a number of issues raised that require a response which I can't do under a, a uh, declaration because that would be MPs. But if, it's fine if that's what, what people want. Uh, one can maybe issue a statement out later if need be. Okay. So what do we do now? Uh, let's manage that uh, outside of the meeting, Deputy Minister. That's fine, Chair. Thank you. Thank you very much. So we, we agree to the declarations. Thank you very much. The meeting is adjourned. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Recording stopped.